Well, good morning, church. Great to see you all here on this beautiful Lord's Day, rainy, but rain is certainly a sign of blessing in Scripture, and we are all blessed to be able to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship this morning in spirit and in truth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming this morning. I want to welcome those who are joining us live on Facebook. We're so glad that you are with us as well. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 23, 1 Samuel chapter 23. This morning we begin a new four-week series for the month of November themed with the truth of thankfulness. We're just simply titling this series, Be Thankful, Be Thankful. As you know, November marks the month of thanksgiving for us here in America, where we set aside the last Thursday of the month and we gather around the dinner table with family or maybe even some friends and we share turkey and dressing and all the fixings that you would prefer. It's a holiday that's meant to remind you and I of the good fortune and blessings that exist in our lives. It is or serves or exists to encourage us to be thankful for such blessings. So the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at four different topics that do exist in Scripture and realities that exist in all of our lives. Um, to, to, that, that model blessing in action. Today we're going to be looking at friendship and the blessings of friendship. Next week we'll look at the blessings of family. In two weeks we'll be looking at the blessings of church. And in three weeks we, to conclude the series we'll look at the blessing of future things to come. So today we're in the Old Testament. And I know it's foreign to many of us to be in the Old Testament, but we do know that all scripture is profitable. So we're going to look at the Old Testament at a prime example of friendship in the text. Now look, throughout the entire Bible, there are many examples of biblical friendship, godly friendship, good friendship. But without question, one of the more dominating or influential examples that the Lord has given us in his book as to how a godly friendship is to look like, without question, is found in 1 Samuel chapter 23. It exemplifies here in our text this morning, verses 15 through 18, truths there in that we would be good to apply to our own lives in examining what it looks like to be a good godly friend. So let's look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 23, and let's read it, and then we'll pray, and I do pray as we look at this text this morning that we would ask ourselves, what kind of friend am I? Am I a godly friend or just a good friend? What kind of friend, friendly characteristics, do I exhibit and do I put on display in the friendships that exist in my life? May the Lord have his way with our hearts this morning as we approach the truths of his word. We find our passage in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 to 18. 15 to 18. 
The Bible says, Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life, while David was in the wilderness of Zip at Horish. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horish and encouraged him in God. Thus he said to him, Do not be afraid, because the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you. And you will be king over Israel, and I will be next to you. And Saul, my father, knows that also. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed at Horish while Jonathan went to his house. Would you pray with me? Father, we're thankful and we're grateful. We're thankful and we're grateful this morning for just the ability to come together, not as strangers, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, to worship you through fellowship, through giving, through singing, and now the proclamation of your truth from your word. So, Father, I pray that you would give us all tactful hearts and minds. I pray, O oh God, that the truths that are found in this text would encourage and build us up and better equip us to be the best friends we can be for the glory of your name. Lord, I pray that you would help me. I need your help this morning. I, I'm just a messenger. I'm but a beggar, Lord. All I have to say is what your word says. So, Father, would you, would you give me a focused heart and a focused mind? Would you use this crooked stick to draw a straight line that your glory would be put on display, exemplified in this text? And we would leave here saying it was good to be in your house for the glory of your name. Use this text for your glory and for our joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's a great lesson or lessons here to be learned and to be applied to our own lives from Jonathan and David's relationship. Look, they, they had it figured out. They had a great friendship relationship. And like Jonathan and David, in this race that we call life, this grace race that we're called to weather, there are many times in our lives, and if you live long enough, you know this to be true, in which we are fighting and running in this grace race, and oftentimes it can become quite overwhelming. Curveballs that come into our lives, and maybe we just need someone to be there to hold us up, to lean up on us, to keep our head up above the water. You know, we have issues and events that come our way and in our lives, spiritual lives, secular lives, in everyday life, that seek to kill, steal, and destroy us, maybe even. And in those times, in those seasons, in those valleys, we pray and we seek to find godly friends to be there for us, especially in our greatest time of need. Now, I did something this past week that I'm not very um, known to do, but I, I jumped on the World Wide Web and I put on the Facebook wall a, a simple question. And the question was this, how would you define a good friend? In your own words, in your own definition, how would you define what a good friend is to look like? What a good friend is. The responses were overwhelming, and in the sake of time, I can't read every response, but I wanted to share some of these opinions with you this morning. 
What is a good friend according to Facebook? Well, here's some of the comments. One person said, a good friend is someone who is there to always lend a hand. Another definition. A good friend is someone who loves and supports you through the good and through the bad. Someone who doesn't cut you out of their lives over petty differences, whatever that may look like, whether it be spiritual differences, political differences, or whatnot. Someone said that a friend, a true friend, is one who displays unconditional love for someone else. Someone put that a true friend is someone who is respectful of one despite major differences that they may have. Another person wrote that a true friend is honest and respectful. Someone put in their definition that a true friend is someone who knows your faults. As ugly as they may be. And chooses freely to love you anyway. Someone said that a true friend is someone who is willing to sacrifice for you. Someone who loves you for simply you. And someone who pushes you to be your best in love for the individual. So that's just a few of the definitions that I received this past week. Some more than 30 people commented and it really sets the tone in thinking of what a good friend is, isn't it? So taking these definitions into consideration, we're now going to go back to visit our passage this morning. These are definitions of good friends. What a good friend is to look like, what a good friend is to be, what a good friend is to exemplify and be real with in our own lives. But what about a godly friend? What does a godly friend look like? How can we be the best friends to those whom we claim to love and care about? Well, we're going to glean just a few lessons from this passage this morning in response to what godly friends are to look like. I do pray that you picked up a listening guide, and we're going to go through these in respect of time as quickly as we can to do them justice. But I want to uh, encourage you to follow along as we walk through this passage. The first glean I want you to take from this passage is this. Number one, the first heading, godly friends are needed. Godly friends are needed. Think of the context of the verses that we just read. Jonathan is going to David, not the other way around. Now think of David for a second. David was a lot of things, and we know of this because we've studied our word, and the word of God tells us all about King David. David was a strong man. David was a devout man. David was a God-fearing man. As a matter of fact, though David was not perfect, God himself said, Behold, this is a man after my own heart. God was, David was strong and devout and God-fearing, yet despite all of these things, he needed Jonathan. He needed his friend. He needed his best friend in his hour of need. 
And like David needed Jonathan, brothers and sisters, we need devout friends in our grace race, in our walk, and in our life. No man is an island, the famous quotation is. We need best friends, godly friends to come alongside of us and weather the trials and tribulations of life that seem to always be nipping at the heels of our hearts. It's one of the most glorious purposes of the church. And it's one of the most essential uh, truths that we not become so prideful to think that we need not one another. We need companionship. We need friends in our lives that we can trust. That are sacrificial. That are respectful. Yes, despite all the flaws that may define you, love you anyway for who you simply are. We need this more than what we realize in the grace race in life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 10. Say that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Verse 10, for, it, for if a, either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but, one, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. David was many, had many things going for them. He was a great warrior. He was a great musician. Some may even say that he was a theologian. He knew Jesus, or he knew God. He loved God. He cherished God, even so much so to seek after God's own heart. Yet, look at verse sixteen in our mother text. And Jonathan saw his son and rose and went to David, because he needed him in his greatest time of need. Now, in context, David was as he had done prior. Is fleeing for his life. Saul knows that his kingship is coming to an end one day, and he knows that David is going to be his replacement. And he doesn't like it. Saul has slain his thousands, David tens of thousands, Israel chants. And Saul is not happy with this, therefore he seeks David's life. And Jonathan, Saul's own son, David's best friend, goes to encourage him but also to warn him of what is to come. It was Jonathan that went to minister to David. And we are in need of Jonathans as well, aren't we? We are in need of friends as Jonathan in our own lives to run the grace race that God has called us to run. So digging deeper in this text, what are some attributes of Jonathan and David's relationships we would be good to know? First of all, you need godly friends. You need friends in your life that are going to be true blue friends to you. I'm not talking about just acquaintances or people you know or people you get along with just to get along with. I'm talking about people that you can truly metaphorically let your hair down around knowing that they are not going to judge you but in respect and love and honor of the friendship that you've culminated are going to honor you and love you and build you up. What are some truths of a godly friend? Well, the next two headings are going to define that for us. Heading number two, godly friends are needed, but also number two, godly friends are intentional. Godly friends are intentional. 
Verse 15 says, Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life, while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. And Jonathan, Saul's son, verse 16, here it is, arose and went to David at Horish. Paul's there. Godly friends are intentional. They're intentional in their care for others. Godly friends do not sit back idle and wonder if their friends are doing okay. Godly friends do not sit back on their hands and assume that though life as we know it or our said friend is falling apart on the wayside, godly friends are intentional to be there for their said friend in their greatest time of need. David was a mighty man, yet Jonathan got up, stood up, rose up, and went with intentionality to where David was. And this is a beautiful lesson for you and I to know. How strengthened our friendships would be if we would simply with intentionality use all the resources and time and energy that we have to simply be there for those we claim to care about and love. This was not an act of just off the whim, as if Jonathan had nothing better to do. No, Jonathan, with great intentionality, stood up and went out to be with David, his best friend. He had a desire to go. There was no one that commanded Jonathan to go. There was not a requirement for Jonathan to go. No, inside of him, something motivated him to go and be with his friend. And we will be good to note this lesson. Let me ask you, when you hear of one in need, a friend, a family member, a church member, how do you respond? How do you respond as their friend in the Lord? What is it that you do to show that person, that said friend, that you call friend, that you care, that you love, that you appreciate, and that you honor them? There are so many examples in the Bible of intentional friendship. I just want to share just a couple of them with you. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, you know the relationship that Elijah and Elisha had. Two different prophets here we're speaking of. So it's in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel to work, to prophesy, to do of the Lord's work, to do of the Lord's business. But Elijah rebuked him and said this, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Intentional friendship. The next sentence of the verse says, so they both went down the Bethel together. Remember the friends of Job? Job's friends maybe aren't the poster child 
friends in the entire book of Job, but at the beginning at least it start, started well. You know, in Job chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard about all this adversity that had come upon him, they came. Intentionality. Each one from his own place. Eliphaz, the, the Temanite, Bildad, the, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, and they made an appointment together. In other words, they came all three together with one intentional focus and purpose and goal. To what? To go and to come to sympathize with him, being Job, and to comfort him. Intentionality put on display. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 tells us to be devoted to one another. To be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Proverbs 17, 17 reminds us, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for adversity. Not just for the good. With intentional purposes. In modern day times with all the means of technology and in all the means of communication. In our friendships, in our friends' circles, in our friendly circles, when we see our friends in need. When we know of need in someone else's life, how do we use that to bless our friends? How do we use our time and efforts and energies to be there for those in our lives whom we claim to know and love well? Are we intentional? Or are we not? Here's another side of the cube. What about when friends try to minister to us? And to be there for us? And to bless us? Remember, we all need friends, right? That's another problem that many times, oftentimes we have. We have this mindset that we don't need anybody but ourselves. And that's just so wrong. That's what the purpose of friendships are for. That God will be glorified in the friendship, right? But on the other side of the cube, when people try to be a good friend to us, are we receptive of it? Or does our pride cause us to push said person away? Do we get so caught up in the problem or maybe even the moment we, we fail to recognize a kind-hearted brother or sister who seeks to bless us maybe in their efforts in our valley of struggle? Friends are needed, beloved. Friends are intentional, church. But here's the third heading, and the most important heading. Because if you miss this heading, you come short of what it looks like to be a godly friend. We can have good friends in our lives, good friends as defined by the world. But... What about this third heading? Third heading is this. Godly friends are needed. Godly friends are intentional. Number three, godly friends strengthen. Godly friends strengthen. I want to show you this finite detail that makes all the difference in the relationship of Jonathan and David. Look at verse 16 and 17 one more time in our mother text. It says, And Jonathan, knowing David is in need, he's running for his life here. Jonathan's dad wants to kill him. And Jonathan goes to David and says, Saul's coming for you. 
He goes to David with intentional purposes. Look at verse 16. It says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horish and encouraged him in God. Verse 17, thus he said to him, do not be afraid because the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you and you will be king over Israel and I will be next to you, David. Saul, my father, knows that also. Jonathan not only went to Horish to his friend because he needed him. He not only was intentional Motivated by great, this great in, tr intentionality. Now, Jonathan went there not just to be there, just to be placed in the room with David. No, he went with the motivation to strengthen him. But here's the difference. How did he provide that strength for his friend? The motivation goes beyond just to be there to make him feel better. No, Jonathan went there um, to, to be a godly friend to, friend to David, to strengthen David, not in the ability of himself. Not in uh, their abilities together. Jonathan didn't go to David to encourage him in any false hopes that the world may seek to uh, uh, offer David as his remedy for his issue. No. Verse 16 says that Jonathan went, arose, and went to David at Horish and encouraged him. And here's the two words that make all the difference, friends. In the Lord. In God. In the King of Kings. In the Lord of Lords. Jonathan went with intentionality because David needed encouragement in the God whom he sought the heart of. This is what defines a godly friend. We can have plenty of friends in our lives to watch football games with and share meals with. But if you have a friend that's just sold out and doing stuff like that, you just got a good friend. Godly friends go above and beyond the norm. Godly friends see you in need, see opportunity, and they look for every single way they can to build you up in your faith for the glory of God and for that person's greatest joy. Godly friends seek to intentionally build one another up in the Lord, in His sovereignty, in His providence, in His promises in in his goodness and in his grace this is the differentiating factor in a good friend and a godly friend good friend may be there for you but a godly friend will not only be there for you but they're going to minister to you they're going to point you to Christ they're going to point you to hope they're going to remind you of the truths of the word. Thy word is truth. We know what the Bible is. The Bible is authority. The Bible is the word of God. They're going to point you back to reality. Because the reality is the problem that, problems that we face in this life are not the dominating factor or define us as to who we are.
This is reality. My words will never pass away. Cancer will. Financial, financial hardships will. Coming short at the end with the budget every month. Lottery's not the answer. World will say, play. One billion dollars, whatever it is now. Play, that's going to solve your problem. Mm -mm. Hope in God. So remember Psalm 42. Tears have been my food day and night. Where is God? Friends, friends. Even saying, where is your God here? Some friends the psalmist had, right? No, and then he says, I'm going to preach to myself, hope in God. And sometimes we need godly friends to come alongside of us and say, I see where you're at. I see where you've been. But let me remind you of where you're going. Let me remind you of reality. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Your sins have been paid. You're on your way to glory. Stay focused, brother, sister. I haven't lost hope. The difference in a good friend and a godly friend is a good friend may be there for you, but a godly friend is going to strengthen you in the Lord every single time. Pastors need godly friends. Laymen need godly friends. You need intentional godly friends. What kind of godly friend are you? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one, one another up, just as this is you are doing. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. What a description this is. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And what better way to display love for a brother and sister than to point their focus back to the truth of sola scriptura. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And how do you sharpen somebody else? Not just giving them life lessons. The sharpest blade that you can use is the word of God to sharpen one another in the faith. Let me ask you, when you go to your friend with intention, what's your motivation? Does it go beyond just being there? Just to check it off your list, I did my friendly duty. Just because. If I don't, I'll feel bad. You ever done something just because you'll feel bad if you didn't for someone else? Now, what is your motivation in being there? Is it to minister to that loved one in the Lord? When a friend walks away from you, have coffee with them or that dinner or that meeting or, or whatever in that living room do you feel encouraged in Jesus when you walk away from that friend do you leave them edified in the spirit or just encouraged in the flesh
We need godly friends, beloved, who are intentional in this to build us up in our faith when all of life seems like is going away. I conclude with this. What kind of friend are you this morning? What kind of friend are you? I'm not asking you um, anything hard. It, it's, it's pretty simple. What kind of friend are you being to those friends whom you claim to know and love and enjoy and cherish? In your friend's circle, if you were to ask your friends what kind of friend are, put your name there, what would they say? Would I have did all these things for me, but where is God in that friendly example? Do you seek to minister to your friends as Jonathan sought to minister to David? Sure, he was there, but the motivation was this, to encourage him in the Lord. What kind of friend are you? Yeah, you'll never be the friend that you were created to be. You'll never appreciate the godly friend, maybe even in your life, that does minister to you in the Lord. You'll never appreciate them as you should if you do not know the God whom that friend serves. You'll never be able to appreciate the godly friends and the godly influences that God has placed in your life, in your grace race, for the intentional purpose to build you up in the faith if you do not know him to begin with. If you don't know the God of the Bible, you'll never be able to be receptive to godly friendships, nor will you ever be the godly friend you were created to be. So I ask you this morning, do you know him? If you're going to be the friend that God expects you to be, the first step is knowing the God of the Bible. Do you know the God of this book? Do you know the God of David? And do you seek after his own heart as David sought after the heart of God? If not, that's your first step. That's your first step this morning. We know that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that friend is Christ Jesus himself. And what better example of friendship? Jesus said, there's no greater love than this than a man laid down his life for his, what? Friends. And Christ did that for you and me. Knowing you would sin against him, knowing you would be flawed, Knowing you would drag his name in alleys and avenues metaphorically in your life that his name was never intended to be dragged through. He sacrificed his life for you anyway. So that too, you could live a life glorifying the God included in your friendships. But you'll never get there unless you repent of your sin and you turn to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. This Thanksgiving... I pray that we give God thanks for our friends. Not just our good friends, but those godly friends in our life. Who want nothing more than to come alongside of you and I, that we would be built up in the faith. Encouraged in the Lord. Reminded of the great truths of the text. That our joy would be complete in him. May we be a church full of friends like that. May we be a church who knows godly friendship, personifies godly friendship, not just here on this campus, but everywhere we go and everywhere that we're busybodies at. May we be the godly friend in that place as well. 
And may others see the godly friends that we are. And may they glorify our Father in heaven for it. May we be intentional with it. And may we always do it for his glory and for our joy. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together.